Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Coach Taku. Before we get started, during the live recording of this episode, Mary and I are, you know, we were chatting a little bit and to bring you up to historical events, this is the week in which eight people, including six Asian women, were killed in a mass shooting in Atlanta, Georgia. And the reason why this matters is this isn't a one-time incident. This has just been the icing on the shit cake to really bring attention to the Asian-related violence that's happening in the United States right now. And so as two coaches that have a love for Asian culture, Asian people, and of course, Japanese anime, we felt that it wouldn't be right of us to record a regular episode before powerfully announcing our stand on the topic, which is we denounce racism, we denounce hate crimes, and we denounce white supremacy. We stand with all Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders now and forever. And if you're interested in how you can be supporting people in these conversations, Google is your best friend, my dudes. Seriously, uh, just about everyone these days are providing different resources. You can go to aapionline.org and see different ways to support either in volunteer efforts, donation efforts, or even supporting local Asian American businesses. Um, so that's it for this part of the, ep- you know, that's it for this part. And now we're going to get a little bit into the topic for today. But before we do, Mary, anything you want to add here? I think you covered it, Christina. I mean, uh, it's never okay. If you need support, please reach out. If you want to talk, we're here. Um, but please know that there are so many resources for support that we are here, that there are many people who are listening, that there are many people who um, care, and that we'll get through this together. Yeah, much love to everyone. So speaking of love and power, this week, we're covering a behemoth of a series that really shook up the anime world, specifically the anime shonen world. Because I'm not sure about you, Mare, but for me, this was a series that seemingly came out of nowhere. Upon time of recording, it's about to wrap up its first season, and it's already taken Japan and the world by storm. I'm talking about none other than the shonen special Jujutsu Kaisen. And so, real quick, spoiler alert, warning, warning, warning. This is a fairly new series. Like I said, they are just starting to wrap up season one. And so if you are not caught up to the majority of season one, I think all the way through episode 24 or so, you might want to watch out because we're getting into it. And if, you know, you haven't heard of Jujutsu Kaisen, here is my pitch for why you should go watch it. It's freaking amazing. It covers Itadori Yuji, who's a seemingly normal guy up to no good or up to kind of like basic human life when he discovers that curses exist in the world as monstrous manifestations of people's ill will. 
And the humans on the earth that are capable of seeing these curses and also using cursed energy to exorcise and defeat them are known as jujutsu sorcerers. And so Yuji finds himself in a position where either he watches a classmate and a sorcerer die, or he swallows a demon's finger. And he essentially <laughs> chooses to take in this cursed object into his body. And in doing so, becomes possessed by one of the most powerful curses to have ever exist on Earth, known as Sakuna. But what is special about Yuji is rather than dying after taking in this curse and harboring it, he continues to live as a regular human. And so you watch as the story progresses of him going on a mission to find a way to eliminate Sukuna from the earth, which essentially means one day he's going to be willing to die. And the sorcerers that he meets along the way and all the cool baddies that they fight as they go along. Anything else you'd add about the series, Mary? Okay, when confronted with imminent death and eating someone's finger, I guess I choose the finger, but I mean, it was really suspect. And if you haven't seen it, it's kind of, it's not a pretty, I mean, yeah, choices in life, right? But that's all I have to add to that, Christina. And what's the coaching conversation that we're having around eating fingers and cursed objects and people and what could we possibly talk about christina i'm just not sure obviously we're talking about cursed finger coaching no just kidding i don't even know what that would mean now the conversation that we want to have today is one around power and we this is not our first gig with power i think our third or fourth episode ever we actually talked about power and heart in two other beloved shonens, Ruroni Kenshin and Demon Slayer. But specifically for this episode, we want to look at the various definitions of power, personal power, authentic power, brute force and strength. And in the world of Jujutsu Kaisen, how each of the characters both have ways of exploring and expressing their own power and in some places are martyred by their power or feel somewhat victimized or put down by it. And just to bring this conversation to us, um, we all have power. We all have different ways that we bring our power out or we don't. And so what this conversation around this show is especially like good for us like asking ourselves hey how do we show up how does our power show up and when does it show up is it that physical strength is it strength by leadership is it power by just um being out talking to people like what what's your brand what's your flavor of power and how can you develop that how can you intentionally use that day to day yes and so we got to start with the finger-eating bad boy himself, <laughs> Itadori Yuji. I don't know why I keep calling him a bad boy. I feel like he's a fairly benign average kid. Um, I don't know. I think it's the pink hair and his uh, affinity for attracting trouble <laughs> as we continue to put him in that way. But I think part of the reason why looking at Yuji and how he expresses his power is a really interesting conversation is because kind of like Naruto with the QB inside of him in the series Naruto, you have Yuji working on having his own personal power and abilities. 
And he, you also have him harboring Sukuna, who is one of the most powerful curses to have ever plagued humanity. And so at the start of the series, you see Yuji, who doesn't even really know much about the sorcerer world, relate to Sukuna as his trump card. You know, there's always a sense of, oh, well, even if I don't know what I'm going to do, at the very least, I can let Sukuna possess my body and he's strong and he can handle it. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of choice in a sense. I mean, when he's faced with that, he chooses life. And in that comes this this exchange where he knows that he's eventually going to die, like the, this curse is going to kill him. And so I think for him, the motivation and the way that he shows up is like, I'm going to go as far as I can and I'm going to be as strong as I can. And for me in watching him, it's almost like he has a hope almost like this um, unwaverable belief that things are going to be okay. Because he just continues on to learn and to explore and to live his life day by day, growing in strength, which is pretty cool. And I think that's part of his power. And then we look at a character like Megumi, who's kind of the opposite in a sense, where he's more tentative. And what I see here, Christina, for him, and you can jump in at any time, but for Megumi, I feel like he's almost relating to his power as dangerous and as not wanting to explore the limits of himself because he's scared of how he's going to impact others or himself. Yeah, it also, you know, something that's interesting about how they explain jujutsu working is this concept that even though you are working to exterminate and exercise curses, that jujutsu sorcerers are also harnessing cursed energy to make this happen. And so in this really funny little lesson where they talk about, they talk about almost in terms of like video game buffs and debuffs, one of the senseis talks about, hey, you have to be careful because your negative emotions can make you a more powerful sorcerer but they can also deplete you very quickly. And so what I notice about Megumi is there's definitely that tentativeness or perhaps this fear that his power is dangerous, but there's also a very muted affect that he takes on. Like it, it oftentimes occurs like he's not truly willing to be with his anger or truly willing to be with his upset or his frustration. And what's fascinating is there's a moment in the series where him and Sukuna face off. And Sukuna, a master of cursed energy and negative emotions, reflects to Megumi that it seems like he isn't going his all. It seems like he's holding back on purpose. And so where we find ourselves, at least in this first season, is Megumi starting to forge his own way and find his own path and trust his techniques. But there's clearly something going on in his backstory that I look forward to us exploring a little bit more that has him unwilling to like truly let go and show off and release the power that's laying dormant inside of him. Yeah, and we know that he's super powerful. I mean, he's already become a target for a lot of these cursed spirits demons, whatever you want to call them, because they can see the potential that he has. 
But I think what's also interesting about him as we watch him, his story develop is that he's motivated by Yuji because he sees Yuji and he's like, oh, he's so strong and he's not scared to push his limits and I can't stay behind. It's the sense that I get from him. He's like, I need to be on the same level or better. And so that competition actually inspires him to do something different and to really access his power a little bit more step by step which is kind of cool to watch because as Christina and I have already talked, like it's, there's so much we can access by being open to the people that we have around us and being open to their competition, to their success and looking at them, not with them, not in a way that's like, oh, you suck because you're doing better, but in a way that says, oh, you can do that. I'm going to do better. You know, in that friendly competition that just pushes you more little by little. And where you can learn different ways of being little by little. Yeah. And so if Megumi represents the person who is still tentative about owning their personal power, or at least tentative about defining exactly what it is, we've got to mention uh, Kugasaki Nobata, who is the third first year in the group and is honestly my hero in so many ways. So another reason, if you haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen already, but somehow you're still listening to this episode because we're brilliant, masterful coaches in anime, something really amazing about Jujutsu Kaisen is that it passes the Bechdel test. In other words, it has these fully fleshed out female characters that have names, that have backstories, that have conversations with each other that have nothing to do with the male protagonists and that so far at least don't just die bloody gruesome deaths so as to be a plot point for the male protagonists to continue on with the mission. (laughs) And I share this because Nobara's personal power, I think in a lot of ways, yes, is her cursed abilities, but it's also the strength and unshakable confidence that she has in who she is. And Mary, feel free to jump in here, but one of the most impactful moments for me as a woman watching this series is Nobata is up against Momo, who is a third year at the other school. And Momo, who is this very like childlike, whimsical-looking witch girl is talking about the unreasonable expectations that jujutsu sorcerers place on women because men just have to be strong, whereas women need to be strong, but they also need to be beautiful. So in other words, women have to be perfect. And that pressure is crushing for the spirit of women sorcerers. And then you have this moment where Nobara is like, shut the fuck up. What? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. No one gets to decide what I'm worth. I decide what I'm worth. I love myself when I'm dressed up and beautiful. And I love myself when I'm strong and kicking ass because it's not about being a man or a woman. It's about being me, motherfucker. And I was just like, yes, (laughs) that's right. You be you. Yes. And then she breaks out the squeaky hammer and kind of bitch slaps her. It was it was epic epic moment christina and yeah when we when we we first meet her nobara she she has like such a strong front she's so decided about herself she's like this is what i'm gonna do this is what i want this is how i'm gonna dress these are my things and she has very like super focused has a plan know where she's going knows how knows how to get it 
And that's part of her power and her strength. The the failing, if I could call it a quote unquote failing for her, is that sometimes it's too rigid. And so she needs to be, she's learning to be a little bit more adaptable and flexible in the moments when her plan doesn't quite go as planned. As we see in that first interaction where they go into this really creepy house and she thinks she's got this and then she doesn't got it. So remember, support from friends is important. You can be powerful and still have friends. You can be powerful and still have friends. The musical. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, here we are talking about how you have Yuji, who's a great foil to Sukuna. How you have Megumi, who is both a great foil to Yuji, but also runs in parallel with Nobara. And as we're moving along in this conversation around power, you know, at the start of the episode, I mentioned that the thing about power is that even though we all have it, there are those of us that can be victimized by it and still wish that we had something different. And there are those of us that can truly own all of who we are and use that as fuel to propel ourselves forward. And so two characters that I feel like we've got to talk to, to really solidi- talk about, to solidify this point is Mekamaru and Maki. So uh, Mary, do you have a preference for which one you take and I'll take the other? I'm getting a no. So I'm going to go into it. By the way, uh, quick question. Would you guys be interested or would you all be interested in seeing live footage of what we look like in our cute podcast recording setup? Because we've been toying with the idea of posting edited clips to a YouTube channel. And so if you're interested in seeing how freaking amazing both of our curly hair is, uh, seeing what our setup looks like in our offices, watching the crystals that we wave around to each other while we're recording, feel free to leave us a message on Instagram or shoot us an email because we're always looking for content inspiration. But I digress. Getting back to these two characters. So Mekamaru is one of the students at the other Jujutsu high school. And the thing about Mekamaru that you learn is he's actually essentially a cyborg that's powered by a jujutsu sorcerer who is simultaneously blessed and cursed. And they refer to these as heavenly pacts. And his heavenly pact makes it so that he is severely physically deformed. Like when you actually see who this person is, he's wrapped in bandages. He's in a bathtub to help keep his skin moisturized because if it gets even like an inch of sunlight, he burns. He's missing limbs. He's missing organs. And he's, he's very sickly. He's very ill. But in return for his physical disabilities, he has been given immense power with cursed energy. And this immense ability to utilize that cursed energy from extended distances away, which is how he's able to power this cyborg Mekamaru who does his fighting for him. And the thing about the sorcerer behind Mekamaru is even though he has this incredible ability, you see how he's victimized by his power because during his own fight in this tournament, he is... I don't want to say complaining, but basically sharing how he would give anything in the world to just be normal, that he doesn't care about having amazing cursed energy, that he doesn't care about having power, that he just desires a life where he can 
get out of that tub and walk and be with regular people. On the flip side, oh, go ahead, Mer. On the flip side, we have Maki. And Maki is an interesting character because she's a twin. And what we learn about Maki is that she doesn't have a lot of cursed energy. And she's rejected by her family because of this. You know, she's often put down. And what Maki does have is physical strength and spades. And the difference here is between Mekamaru and Maki is that Maki says, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm strong. I have power. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a sorceress. And I don't care what you got to tell me. I'm still going to do it. And she does. And she has this great physical strength that actually enables her to fight all these cursed spirits. And she owns her, she owns her strengths and she owns her weaknesses. And it's very different. She shows up very differently than either her twin sister or the Mekamaru because she's so herself. And it's, there is one scene where she's fighting her twin and then the twins almost like, but she's so strong. And it's so interesting because while her, while she, her twin doesn't have physical strength, she has a lot of curse energy strength, but she doesn't own it in the same way. And that's where the, that's where the contrast is. It's like, are you owning your power? Are you owning your strengths? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because Maki's twin, Mai, is always very quick to put Maki down. And you see when they interact with other characters, she's the one that overemphasizes, you know, oh, boo-hoo, poor Maki, no curse energy, no curse energy, oh, boo-hoo, no curse energy. But Maki has this way of almost thinking of herself as blessed. You know, it's interesting. You see them as little kids and she's not scared to cross this bridge that has a curse on it because she can't see it. And she doesn't have to be scared of what she can't see. And so the reason why I really wanted to bring up Maki and Mekamaru in the same example here is you have Mekamaru who's like, I know I'm super powerful, but I just want this other thing instead. And you have Maki who's really reconciled these are the gifts I have and have not been given. And here's how I'm going to be exceptional no matter what. Yes, but Christina, we can't have a conversation about power in Jujutsu without talking about Toto. And let me just tell you that in Spanish, Todo means everything, which is really apt for this character because he brings everything to his power. I mean, that's what this character is. He's just like all about the physical strength, but he actually has the mental acuity to calculate and strategize in a way that makes him super powerful. And what I love about this character is that at first you are kind of taken aback by him because he's just, his first question is like, what's your type? In like, what type of women are you into? And if you don't answer in a way that he relates to, you're off the, like, that's it. You're done. Like conversation over, you're the enemy. But for those people who actually answer in the quote unquote right way, he's your best friend forever. And what Toto is, and I think for him, power is a means to relationship. I think it's the way that he relates to people and to others. I think it's also the way that he first had his first real relationship with his teacher um, is through a connection via power. And it's also like um, 
it's also a way for him to keep growing because when he's actually challenged by others who are as powerful or who he sees have potential, it kind of inspires him to do more and to go further. Yeah, something that blows my mind about Toto is it seems like every other character in this series is always in a conversation of how do I be the most powerful? Whereas Toto, he kind of seems to be in a conversation of how do I meet the most powerful and how do I fight the most powerful? Um, Like to him, power is a way to keep himself from being bored, like you were saying, Mary. And so something that's really exceptional about this particular character is when he's fighting Yuji, he'll actually pause their fight to correct Yuji on his technique so that Yuji gets better at fighting him. And if there isn't something more, like if you can think of a scene in anime that's more hysterical than that, like, please shoot us a comment and let us know. (laughs) Because it's just in this conversation around what we do with our power, it's amazing to meet this character who, you know, isn't victimized by power, who isn't threatened by power, but who actually becomes motivated and more motivated and more excited the more the person adjacent to him is better than he is. So, you know, it's an enigma in himself. And it's why I'm very excited to see if the series ever covers what he thinks of Gojo Sensei, which by the way, we don't have time to cover Gojo Sensei in this particular episode. We could just fangirl over his amazing eyes and his great silly disposition. But if you want us to go more in depth about Gojo in particular and his relationship to this conversation about power, make sure you turn into our Instagram live because we're definitely going to cover him and some of the other students that we didn't get to chat about. Mary, as we start to wrap things up, any final thoughts for our audience? Just remember that power comes in different forms, shapes, sizes, and we all have it. We all have power. And go explore some of yours and bring that out. Yes, but preferably don't have it include eating the fingers of cursed beings. So with that, don't forget to send us your suggestions for what other series we should be covering. Let us know what you think of Jujutsu Kaisen. We were huge fans of it ourselves, clearly. And also let us know what are the upcoming series that you're going to be filling with your slots for the spring season of anime, because we're looking for some additional inspiration and content to create. So with that, as always, so much gratitude for all of you who listen, download, subscribe, follow, comment believe in us, love us, care about us. I'm Christina, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until next time. You're subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, CoachTakuPod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at CoachTakuPod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.